Hi everyone, I'm Karen, and welcome to the next page, the podcast of the UN Geneva Library and Archives. Hello everyone. Today we are back with our Knowledge Rising series, a wonderful series here on our podcast dedicated to listening to young activists and change makers as they share their knowledge on the global issues they are passionate about. In today's episode, we are joined by Carla McCurdy and Klaus Moldeus of the Young UN Network, a cross-UN, global and inclusive network providing a space for members to crowdsource ideas, pilot and drive innovation, and mobilize cultural change from the bottom up. Carla and Klaus speak on the power of co-creation and co-inspiration and take us through their values as young members of the UN themselves. They also share about what being agents of change mean to them and the importance of embracing and welcoming innovation with fresh and adaptive perspectives. It is always so inspiring to hear from young voices, and this episode was definitely no exception. So, let's have a listen. So hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on the next page, the podcast of the UN Geneva Library and Archives. We're back with the Knowledge Rising series, and I'm very happy today that this conversation is happening with our Young UN Network, um, the Agents for Change. We have two members of Young UN here with us today, Klaus and Carla. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you for having us. It's great to have you with us. So before we get to talking more about Young UN and a few other a few other topics of conversation, could you tell us a little bit more about yourselves? How did you come to join the UN? Why are you interested um, or what has sparked your interest about being a part of, of the UN? Um, Carla, would you like to start? Sure. Well, uh, I started my career within the UN um, a long time ago. I mean, long time, <laughs> it depends who you talk to. It's been uh, three and a half years, and I started as a consultant in Cambodia, which I think already is a bit unusual <laughs> in itself. And eventually I moved over to headquarters to New York, and then I passed a YPP exam, and I was in Addis Ababa. And now, just a few weeks ago, I started my new post in Vienna. And I work in public information. Incredible. So for those of our listeners who don't know what the YPP is, what exactly is that? Yeah, that's the Young Professionals Program. Uh, it's a yearly exam. Uh, every year it really varies. Like You can take it in different subject matters. And I took it in communications because that is my field. And yeah, there's a certain quota and whatnot. Like it's a country quota type of setup. So I just got lucky that the year I took it, I had, there was my country, the US, on the list. So you kind of are waiting for that match all the time. And in 2017, it worked for me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I wish you all the best in Vienna. I hope it's going well so far. Thank you. And I'm curious to know from your end, what kind of sparked your interest to, to join the UN? Yeah, i I think it started at a very young age, actually. I, I do remember I was a teenager visiting New York, and I really wanted to go see the UN building. So I was there with a friend, and I went and looked at it from the outside because I wasn't even aware that, that you could do guided tours. And I was just staring in awe at the UN building in New York and 
kind of daydreaming about maybe one day, you know, joining. Just it's the idea of like everything that happens that goes on, all the change that is um, in a way mobilized through the work of so many thousands of people around the globe. And I always had that kind of drive to, of course, I think like many teenagers and many young adults to, to change the world, to, to leave a mark. And I always thought that the UN would be the, the best pathway for me to do so. Yeah. Over to you, Klaus. Yeah, so I started my journey with the UN about six years ago um, in Myanmar, where I started uh, as an intern and uh, have then since then uh, worked with the UN as a consultant. And since three years, uh, I'm based here in Geneva um, as a junior professional officer. So it's a program that, that some countries have where you, you have the opportunity to join uh, the UN for three years. What, what kind of sparked your journey working for the UN? Yeah, so I think, similar to Carla, I had a, an ambition to, to work for the UN actually since, uh, since graduating from high school. And it was kind of a crooky journey to, <laughs> to get here. Um, I studied engineering and decided then to, after, after studying for three years, to, to kind of change direction a little bit into more of of the field of international development. So um, I did a master's in international, international development. And um, yeah, that, that, that made it kind of possible to get the first position and, and then continue. Yeah, but you've already both, you seem to have had some great adventures already in your, in your career, starting in Cambodia and Myanmar. I would love to hear more about that. Perhaps that's another conversation. Um, but I guess it's also inspiration for young people out there who want to work in the UN there's not just one single path to to be able to work here at the United Nations yeah I would love to add to that and just say that um, I always had the idea that the best way for me to join the system would be to uh, maybe start with an internship but like for many young people out there the idea of doing an unpaid internship was out of my uh, range at that time it was just not something I could afford to do so I had to put that aside and uh, try to find other ways. So a consultancy, I think just like Klaus just mentioned, is a good way for, or a JPO or a YPP, uh, like these programs that are available, there's other resources. It's not just the internship that will let you build your career within the system. Exactly. Let's keep the spark alive. <laughs> different, there's different ways to, to come work for the UN. So yeah. let's move on then to, to talking about Young UN, what it is and why it's important. Um, could you start, for those who don't know anything about Young UN, what exactly is it and how did it begin? I'll start with what I know. I mean, I did join the Young UN uh, only about a year ago today. And I'll let class explain more about its beginnings. But from my perspective, it's, I mean, I want to say a global movement. It's a network, but it is also a movement in many senses of young UN staff members of, again, young and young at heart. That's something we like to clarify every time of every sort of contract type and whatnot. We are an inclusive group uh, that works together to make the UN system a better place for all. That's basically, I think, how I would summarize the young UN. Yeah, I mean, adding to that, I think, so Yang Yuan is a, is a voluntary network with, today, I think it's a bit over 1,800 members across the UN system and members from 100 duty stations. So it's really, it's really widespread and it started not too many years ago, so in 2016. And I think it was a result of 
um, the adoption of sustainable development goals and a sense within the organization of a need to, to refresh some of the ways uh, we work. Because obviously UN is an organization with a lot of history, with a lot of traditions that spans uh, more than 70 years. So I think it was a sense of realizing that, yes, we all are very passionate about what the UN stands for and the mission of the United Nations, and it has such an important role to play. So I think, especially for, for young people joining the, the UN system, it's, it's of course something that a lot of people dream about doing, and uh, you have a lot of uh, ambition and you, you, you're passionate for, for what you work on. But often joining the reality of the day-to-day operations of, of the UN system, that sometimes it's obviously quite a large bureaucracy and it sometimes obviously can be um, a lot of hierarchies, etc. That can be challenging for younger, younger staff, but for any staff, really. So I think Yang Yuan is really a way of taking that gap between the aspirations and sometimes the reality that can be a bit more challenging and and channeling it into something constructive. So the network really works in three different ways at the moment, which is being a, a, a network for, for crowdsourcing perspective from across the organization, from across uh, duty stations and, and ages, etc. And the second one is to, to pilot new ideas and initiatives. And the third one, as, as Carla mentioned, to really be a movement for change within the organization. And the, the vision is really to, to create the UN that embodies the principle it stands for. So the UN is yeah, it's refreshed in that way. Yeah, great. So you've both mentioned the idea of a network. So it's a network of, of people across the, the UN system. How does it work in practice? Do you have a volunteer group that, that you mentioned with the more than 1,000 members? Um, are there any examples of projects you, you'd like to share that the UN is working, or the young UN is working on? Yeah, actually, we use technology a lot to communicate. So we use Slack. We have a a very, uh, I would say, like interesting Slack network. We have many, many channels uh, ranging from like the different hubs that have their own channel to the different projects that are running around. Uh, we also have one for meetings. That's how we stay on on track when you know it's time to meet up. Also, and have our Zoom chats. And uh, aside from that, we also use WhatsApp at the local level for the different hubs to communicate, to coordinate. And we have most recently been using uh, this uh, new (laughs) tool called Ola Spirit in order to kind of visualize the work that is being done throughout the globe and how we can better, you know, collaborate with each other. So we really believe in co-creation and it's as class said, it's a volunteer group, so everybody jumps in and out, as, and they do as much or as little as they can. Everybody's efforts are equally appreciated. So we really try to stay in touch like on a constant basis. We've also been lately experimenting with a newsletter to make sure that all our members are kind of on top of things and know what's going on, because it can be a bit overwhelming. We have so many projects. Uh, right now, I would say that one of our most interesting ones is one that actually came to be in Geneva, uh, I would say the Connecta project is quite interesting. Connecta, uh, well, actually, you know what? I will let Klaas uh, tell us more about Connecta since I think he's also been uh, a little bit involved there. <laughs> Happy to. Yeah, so Connecta is, is really a skills sharing platform which aims to en- enable more agile UN system. So on the one hand, I think with the challenges of the UN today, it's important to quite quickly be able to 
to access the skills that are in the organization quickly and when you need it. This is, for example, something we saw during the COVID crisis, where suddenly some teams were overwhelmed while others uh, had less to do. So it's on the one hand that need, and on the other hand, really an, um, a need for, for staff to be able to work on things also outside of their core tasks to develop and to, to help out with, with other projects than perhaps their day-to-day work is about. So Connecta tries to combine these two things by enabling projects that might need short-term help to, to access uh, skills that are already in the system quite quickly. So for example, during the COVID crisis, Yang Yuan uh, set up uh, Connecta for COVID uh, response, which, which enabled uh, staff to help out with, with short-term projects using this. And, and the Connecta platform is something that will soon be launched as a, a prototype. Fantastic. Wishing you the best then for, for the launch. So I would also like to ask you your views on, on change. Agents for Change is a part of the Young UN's title. So you've mentioned a little bit about the mission already of, of Young UN, but what does change mean to you in terms of the UN? What, in your view, really needs to change and why? Uh, so, yes, like you said, it's part of our, of our tagline or our motto, if you will. Um, we also have the Change Makers of the UN project, which is basically co-inspiring each other and how we can kind of become that force of change, right? Uh, something that we had discussed before at class as we were brainstorming about how to better like describe the work we do is, um, well, there's this very famous quote, obviously, is that uh, we should be the change that we want to see in the world. And that's exactly what, as young UN members, we are trying to embody. We want to be the change that we want to see in the world, but also within the UN system. So, for example, more alignment with the SDGs in our day-to-day lives and our work and everything and trying to embody that too. We want to revitalize the system. We keep on talking about getting the youth involved, about um, you know, being more creative, being more technologically savvy. So we are always trying to be kind of on the forefront of that. And also try to take our seat at the table, I think. That's the good thing about the network, that now we're global and we have been, I guess, recognized (laughs) by many of the, you know, USGs, even even the SG, and by that I mean the SG, the Secretary General, USGs, Undersecretary Generals. There's many higher-ranking officials, if you will, who are coming to us for that input, for the, you know, the the youth input, the the fresh, radical sometimes point of view. And I think that's the role that we that we are uh, carrying out right now. And it's an important one, I would say, in order to bring that change to the system, to align it more with today's world, if you will. Great, Carla, thank you. Anything you wanted to add, Klaus? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I think for for its members, Yang Yuan can be a vehicle to implement the kind of change that they see is, is most needed within the organization. So... I think it is a network where you both can come to find a community, to find others that have like-minded interests and like-minded passions, as well as finding the tools for for how to do it. And I think we we have different levels of of engagement, those that want to share their views, etc., which is one way of creating change. And then you have also, for, for those members that are more engaged, they can use kind of network to, to pilot their ideas and their projects, etc. Great. So as an informal network, Young UN, I'm curious how you connect to the mechanisms of, 
of the international bureaucracy itself. So what do you think is needed, do you think, to have the UN change from within? Uh, I guess I could start with this uh, a whole idea, actually, that Klaus and I had discussed before in length, and I think it's quite interesting. We were discussing the topic of multilateralism once, and we just realized that multilateralism is just co-creation on another level. And that's exactly that what we are trying to do within the Young UN and uh, as part of the UN system. We are trying to co-create, to build something better together, to collaborate. Um, and I think that's kind of like how we are going to bring that broader change at the international level when it comes to trying to uh, engage in multilateralist approaches, with, which is what the whole purpose of the UN is, right? It's not that it's just that we hope that this has an impact. It's that we can already see that we do, we are having an impact, at least at the smaller scale within our offices, within our duty stations, and even within the relationships that go on between the young UN and the different uh, actors within the system. So we just hope that this is kind of like a, a, a snowball, if you will, <laughs> of change, of co-creation and collaboration that's just going to keep on growing and growing and growing and ultimately have a, a broader effect. Yeah, 100% agree. And just to, to add a little bit, like I think, yeah, I mean, creating change within a bureaucracy is, of course, tricky. Um, I think what we've seen so far within Yang Yen is that it happens in, in two main ways. So one is like top down in the sense of with Yang Yen existing, like it's, it's a very good channel and resource for senior management and for institutions within the bureaucracy to gather views in a more informal ways than formal channels allows and, and maybe a bit faster and a bit yeah, different perspectives than you would get through other traditional ways. For the moment, for example, UN is celebrating its 75th birthday this year, and through that process, Yangen has worked on having dialogues with the network and outside the network that are a bit more informal to really gather the views of Yangen staff and, and others about what the UN should be at its 100th birthday, so in 25 years. So in that sense, it can be top-down requests for quick information. The other way is, is more bottom-up approaches. So we, we have touched upon this, but uh, to really be, um, be a place where you can try new things in a quite safe environment. You know, we like to think of it as kind of incubating the next UN within the Young UN network. So it's a little bit outside of the bureaucracy, but you can still pilot new ideas of how you can collaborate, of how you can run projects, how you can manage projects, and how you can create more innovation um, within the younger network. And some of these ideas might then be transferable to, to the big bureaucracy, so to speak. Mm. So it can be a safe space to try new things that then can be taken up bit by bit uh, by the bigger bureaucracy. So this, for example... With self-managing teams, it's something that is quite a strong movement within uh, organizations to create less hierarchical and more self-managing teams. And this is something that Yang Yuan is, is working a lot on, how to actually enable that through a pilot, uh, which then, if it works, can be taken up by teams within the, within the system. That's incredible. I really, um, I'm really inspired by the fact that our 
Oh, SG and USGs and other managers are coming to the Young UN for crowdsourcing advice from the network, which is incredible. Um, and then that's kudos to you for being so committed to, to the network and getting it this far. Um, but also having, like you said, this safe space for experimentation. I don't think that's always been there, especially for young staff joining um, and perhaps feeling like they, they had to do it a certain way or not to take much risk. So I really like this approach of having like a safe place to, to experiment with new ideas that could end up becoming something incredible for the organization. Yeah, and to add on to that, actually, I liked what just Klaus mentioned about, yeah, creating that safe space, right? I think that him and I can maybe relate, uh, having come to the organization a few years back, things were different, maybe we didn't have the support of a network like the Young UN. So as you take your first steps within the system, there's a lot of fear. It's like, am I doing the right thing? Should I speak up? Should I do this? Should I do that? And the young UN creates that safe space because it creates a community, a community where every network member has an equal say on anything that goes on, where horizontality is uh, the essence of, uh, of what we embody. And that sense of safety is created from that, you know, and I think that that's very important. And it's something that you see a lot within the higher, uh, oh, let's say like the more, more old-fashioned young staff members who have been in the system for a very long time, there is a lot of fear, you know, kind of like dominating their decision-making. And we are trying to break people free from that fear <laughs> by creating that safe space, by creating a community within the system and the, one that also reaches beyond it. Yeah, I really like this idea of community. Are there any lessons that you've learned along the way so far in establishing the network and its different approaches what has worked? What has not worked? How do, you, how do you keep growing and evolving as a network? I think what we learned is, I mean, a few good things, <laughs> a, few, <laughs> a few lessons. I think uh, one of the really things that worked well, I think, is to keep the network aligned towards the purpose, which is the mission of the UN, but to leave the, what the network does, how exactly you engage, uh, quite free and quite flexible. So it leaves room for constant developing and it re- leaves room for people to, to find their own space uh, within the network. So that has been really successful, I think. In terms of lessons or things we are still working on is, on the one hand, you know, I think Yangen is attractive to many because it's less formal and less uh, bureaucratic and less rules <laughs> than you would have uh, in your usual day job. At the same time, to organize effectively, there are you know ways of how we engage with each other and how you take decisions. So you know, if anyone can take any decision, well, how is that communicated? And how do the network with so many members agree to the direction while still being open for it. So, you know, this is a, it's an interesting journey, and I think we have taken the approach of not being prescribed, you know, prescribing rules for this is how the network works so much, but at the moment I think we're, we're moving bit by bit to keeping the flexibility while also having structures in place that support uh, the network rather than hinders it. And, and Carla mentioned um, uh, Hola Spirit, which, uh, which is the, the, the platform we, we use to kind of to visualize the different projects and also to enable some kind of decision-making. And, and then another lesson, I think, is it actually ties on to your last question about how to 
influence and how to work with the, the larger bureaucracy. Because as the network has grown bigger, I think we have more and more projects with, with partners, either with other organizations within the UN system or with partners outside. And of course, in this, in, in this partnership, it's a lot of learning going on. So how can we you know, uh, maintain the, the creativity of the network while still ensuring that we you know, uh, deliver and that the projects uh, are true to the Jungian values, etc., to the UN values. So this is something that we're working on. So it's, um, it's a work in progress, but that we do together as a network. Yeah, great. Anything you wanted to add, Carla? When you asked that question, what came to mind is like, uh, it feels that even a lot of us as members, we're kind of like in the middle between uh, an old way of doing things and the new way of doing things. And I personally, for example, have felt myself stuck in between. And an example of that is like when a challenge comes around, uh, sometimes we can just be, you know, quickly be like, oh, I guess uh, this is it. I give up. Uh, there's an obstacle. What? But the new way of thinking, the, the way that the young UN works is that we are solutions oriented. And that's something that actually I have um, personally have really started adapting into my own way of doing things since I joined the organization or the network, sorry, <laughs> not the organization. Um, so just constantly working together to find solutions to anything that comes around. Just like class was explaining, the, the, for a second there, we, we were worried that we were not organized enough, that there was too much going on. And, but hey, the people started suggesting solutions and here comes a whole spirit. And now we have like a clear place to visualize all the different activity going on at the global level. And, and I think that's what kind of makes us so resilient, so adaptive. It's just this shared mentality and one that as we join, we start, you know, it's like a muscle. You start flexing. So this whole being solutions oriented, it's like you start adapting it and you're like, OK, I got this. You know, we're going to find an answer to anything. And um I think that that's also why, for example, management will come to us and have conversations and dialogues with us because we're not here to necessarily criticize or you know point fingers or blame. We're just here to help and find a solution to any problem that might come by. And um, yeah, that's what I wanted to add to that one. <laughs> yeah, great. I like this idea of um, find, finding solutions, and I, this is why I, I'm, I'm curious to know about your your thoughts on on how um, even the evolution of how we work through COVID nineteen. For a lot of us, this has meant a significant change in in how we work, especially with technology, and I think it has in a lot of ways been a really good positive kick. For example, at the library, we've we've transformed um, a lot of our of our learning sessions and events now online instead of here in the library. And and the same thing for the podcast. Um, we've been doing a lot more recordings online and actually uh, Kala is is streaming in virtually from, from Vienna. So what are your ideas on what we're experiencing through COVID-19 is actually could be, you know, um, an impetus for sustainable change in, in the UN? Or maybe you have a different opinion in there, and if that's the case, go for it. <laughs> So personally, I think that um, one another identifying factor, I guess, of the young UN is just embracing change. And I've had my share of 
um, instances within the system in way where I've seen a lot of colleagues struggle with change. Uh, it's scary, you know, and, and again, we're here to create a sense of safety around change. So one of the first things that we do, I think, as, the, as a network is just that, uh, reassure <laughs> and people by also showing uh, the, the example of embracing change, embracing the future. And uh, it's interesting that you mentioned this whole situation with COVID and going digital. I mean, going digital is something that we knew the UN had to work on uh, to have more virtual meetings, to cut down on the cost and also the I mean, I'm not just saying financial, but like environmental costs of all the traveling around the world and whatnot. It's something that as the Young UN Network, we had already kind of put out there for consideration. <laughs> and then COVID happened. And um, it's, yeah, it's difficult. It's tragic. It's challenging uh, psychologically for many specifically uh, having to telecommute and not having that closer sense of community <laughs> that we are so accustomed to. But we also need to embrace the change and see that there are good things. Like, for example, all of us um, learning <laughs> new tools, new apps, new ways of communi communicating online of making meetings more interesting by using Mural, uh, Mural.co, which is uh, something that we use in the Young UN. We are just finding solutions together, aren't we? We are trying to make the most out of uh, the situation, but I also feel that we are learning skills that will actually kind of push us into the future as an organization. A good example of that is uh, the General Assembly this year going uh, virtual. It's not only saving us again the cost of the financial cost, the environmental cost of all the travel and whatnot. Uh, but it's also, for example, this year, because the uh, General Assembly is virtual, we are going to have way more member states uh, represented, way more member states, uh, states actually speaking at the General Assembly. And I think that's, for example, again, one really good thing about this situation uh, that, yes, we're going digital. It's not going to be the same as before. But maybe this is the beginning of something new, of a new way of doing things and something that we can kind of keep or maybe, you know, use to build a better way of doing things. Yeah, you mentioned representation through through the General Assembly. Um, I, I couldn't help but also think as, as we change and become more digital in how we work about how this also means um, a lot more effort and commitment to accessibility. What comes to mind when you, when you mention accessibility is also the UN at 75 dialogues that are go, that are still ongoing and that the young UN has also been holding. So in a way, we're kind of broadening uh, spaces. We're l letting more people in, but I mean, there is still the, the conflict of obviously accessibility right now is limited to people who have access to a computer, internet, things that, that are not standard all over the world. So, yes, we have more voices, more representation. That's good. But now we have to help fill in that gap, the tech gap, and, and get everybody in on this, I think. As, as this is actually more like a, something that I believe we need to do as a UN. But let's see what class has to say about this. Uh, no, I, I, I completely agree. I think, uh, I mean, COVID has been a huge accelerator of, 
of innovation and digitization in, in many ways uh, for, for the UN uh, as for many other organizations. I think, yeah, we, we're seeing, as Carla said, we're seeing things that we could only imagine a year ago being, being, being tested, and that's, of course, uh, great. Carla mentioned change and how to deal with change earlier, and I think this is something that COVID has, has, has shown. It's, it's something that changed reality for, for, for everyone and for the, for the UN as a system to be able to adapt and to be able to be flexible is something that was very relevant before the crisis. It's even more relevant now. So I think it's a work in process of becoming more agile as, a, as an organization. We've touched a little bit on, on multilateralism and it was fascinating to hear your ideas on, on multilateralism and co-creation. So let's, let's look a little bit more in, into the idea of young people and multilateralism. What is the hope for, for Young UN? How do you see its work bringing change, not now just in the present, but, but in the future? How would you like to leave it for, I guess, the generations, the, the Young UNers to come? Well, from my point of view, I think we would. our role is to broaden the net as much as possible, to get as many people involved, as many voices from all over the world, uh, not just within our network. You know, I'm talking about going beyond. Uh, I think that's our role. Well, just like the whole idea of the UN at 75 is for people to have their say, we need to make sure that people are able to have their say, and I think that's when we come in. Already as a network within the system, a network of, as I said, young people, but also people who are young at heart, because as I said also before, we are an inclusive network and we do really have members of all age groups. We are taking a seat at the table in, in the name of change and innovation and we are being welcomed. So that's already, I think, a huge achievement in itself. I think the UN is more than ready to embrace change and embrace new ideas. And that's already in itself, it's just fantastic. Uh, I don't think that's the, the UN we would have imagined five years ago. It seemed like more of a you know, heavily bureaucratic type of environment. And look at how much has changed already and for the good. Sometimes I think we're too hung up on everything else that could be improved. Yeah, there's so much, but look at everything that's been done already and how you know great things are coming it's already improving it, it can only get better so it's also exciting yeah and i think with with, with you and at 75 and looking a little bit further ahead as a as a society we have uh, we have a lot of need for having conversations between different people and between different between businesses and government between countries and there are so many things. I mean, COVID is one, but um, yeah, so there's really a need for conversations as a society between these different groups. And I think the UN has a, has a really, really important role to play to, to facilitate those discussions and facilitate that process. Not, not necessarily having all the answers, but being the place where uh, this happens. Uh, and I think for that to happen... UN has to be seen and be very inclusive towards anyone. And I think this is something that we see UN is moving in that direction for sure. But I think for that shift to happen, it's also a perception change. And I, I feel talking to people outside of the UN, it, it's, it's often seen 
as something that is far away. So it it has uh, it it can it can feel a bit exclusive uh, in a sense. And I think it's really important for us in order to be able to facilitate those discussion and that work together to become an inclusive space for everyone. And obviously, uh, this speaks then to to multilateralism and how we. I mean, with COVID, we have you know acceleration of, of it moving online, which can in, improve accessibility, and that's one key component. But to continue in that direction and become that, that space for co-creation, as, as, as Carla so nicely put it. Yeah. So this leads uh, quite smoothly onto my next question to you, and that is, how, how do you see uh, multilateralism evolving um, as we as we move forward, how do you think it needs to to develop to serve um, the I guess not just the UN but the the world of the future? Yeah, well, here I can add that um, maybe it's not multilateralism that needs to evolve, but, but rather us. <laughs> we need to find better ways of working together. Uh, there's this whole idea that has been mentioned within, <laughs> and maybe this is from a book, I'm sorry, but I don't know. There's this quote here from our notes that says, uh, going away from the ecosystem to the ecosystem. So <laughs> instead of working basically on an individual basis, we need to work together in order to, yes, not just attain a true multilateralism, but to also support the, the ambitious goals of the organizations such as the SDGs. There's no other way to actually achieve them unless we work together. And this is beyond the UN system. This includes every single person you know, in the world. So we have these ambitious goals. And what we can do right now as the UN and also as the Young UN Network is to broaden the reach, to broaden the net, to try to get as many people involved as possible. That's going to get us closer to actually having a true multilateralist approach once all the different parties all over the world are involved and have a say and are able to work together. It is an organization that is there to serve us all. Um, so it shouldn't just be us within the organization who have a say on how it should change. It should be everybody. And that's why, by the way, we have the UN at 75 dialogues this year <laughs> that I hope everybody listening is participating in. <laughs> We will make sure to have the link in, in the podcast notes. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I really like this, this your answer, Carla, about how can we better serve multilateralism. What are your thoughts on, on how young people can be a part of, of multilateralism? How do we share more about the values and, and the heart of, of multilateralism itself with, with those around us? Yeah, uh, I can have a, have a go. I think, I mean, there, there is no shortage of... of issues that need a multilateral response. I think what, what really engaged young people ahead of the COVID crisis was, was climate change and, and we saw huge movements all across the world, which is, of course, at the end of the day, multilateralism uh, in action. Um, so my simple answer would be just, you know, finding issues uh, where you are at the global level that are passionate about. And, and today I think we have so many options to connect with other people online uh, or where you live to to really work on them. I really wish you both the best um, as as Young Yuan continues and thrives. Do you have any final thoughts to share with our audience? What would you like them to take away from this conversation or remember? I would say that it, we're all in this together. 
<laughs> that's a good thing to remember. Uh, when it comes to, again, uh, we the young UN's mission is to kind of make the UN the uh, create a UN that embodies the principles it stands for. Uh, yes, we're more than happy to 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 lead that as a young UN, but it's uh, everybody's role to also participate and to create that. And so again, the UN at seventy five is a perfect occasion for that. Um, participating actively in the debates going on online. Uh, I know recently the Youth Envoy, for example, hosted one uh, this past week, and I am sure there will be more before the end of the year more occasions in which to participate and for those who can't maybe or just don't feel like actually being on a call and and you know speaking uh uh during the call about these things they, they can also just fill out the survey online it's available in many languages so that and of course if anybody from the the UN system is listening uh we would love to welcome you within the young UN network. <laughs> we are always uh, happy to have more voices, more opinions, more uh, creative ideas and ways of thinking to continue co-inspiring each other and, and, and really engage in this creation of the system that we always wanted, the UN system, but also achieving its very lofty goals together. I mean, that, that, that sums it up for me, too. <laughs> that <was good>. okay. <laughs> Fantastic. So there is, you have mentioned it a few times, just to finish off. Mm-hmm. I do have the young UN. You're not just young, I guess, in age, uh, but young, I guess, at heart. Is that a part of, of the young UN uh, spirit? Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, it's the first question we get always. You know? and, but it's definitely not about the age limit, even though it's the name might communicate that. But it's really about being, uh, you know, young in heart, young in spirit. And I think we have members of the network that are over 60. Yeah, so it's for anyone. And it's really about creating a, a young UN, a young organization, at least for me. Yeah, fantastic. Forever young then. Forever. <laughs> Forever young. Forever young. <laughs> Great. So thank you both for taking the time to join us today. We'll make sure all of the links and, and the projects you mentioned will be in, in the show notes. But otherwise, I wish you all the best. Um, take care and hope to see you soon again here at the library. <laughs>